0: Oh, here, I'll turn my AC off. Oh, yeah, yeah. remote beside you, It is flawless.
1: What's f- flawless? Your sound. Oh, perfect. Okay, good.
0: But I'm going to chew into the microphone, so whatever. Yeah, we need some sort of... <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Always. Um, Let's get this out of the way before we start chatting. Welcome to the full volume podcast. This is the quickest we've ever introduced. Wow. Slash cut through the cold open. Just get right to business so we can get to other business. I am your co-host, G.I. Lee, and this week, Harvey Brent is at a wedding. We wish him safety. We wish him the best of luck. He is in America, so...
1: Ooh, yeah, extra uh, extra luck then.
0: Mm-hmm. He's in the Delta East variant parts mm. of Michigan, uh. So, yes, again, safety and luck. I am joined, otherwise, by
1: uh, Joshua Mervell. <laughs>
0: and today on the Spider Cast, we're going to talk about comics from the nineteen eighties. Now,
1: oh boy, I am not prepared for this this early in the morning. <laughs>
0: It's okay, we have coffee. I have part of cinnamon bun. Okay, so we're just... Okay, now that that, you know, fussy business is out of the way. Yes, the dogs kill her.
1: Yeah, that's wild. That Grumella's evil origin story is that her her mom gets killed by Dalmatians. Which are being mind-controlled by Emma Thompson?
0: yeah, Yeah.
1: And and to still like hold the grudge against the Dalmatians and like I don't—it's just wild.
0: Well, then the the Dalmatians like are like weaponized to like kill everything.
1: That's which so is... stupid.
0: It's uh... it's a little it's a little fucked up. Yeah, um, they, it's not like the crux of. <laughs> of the uh, main plot though. Mm. It's just like a little tool that Emma Thompson uses, um, which it is. I've already said this is the second time in the less than an hour that I've been awake now that I've said the word problematic, but it's problematic. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the the use of Dalmatians for evil and the writing of them into a plot for evil. It's wild that, like,
1: Disney sat down and thought, Cruella, that's who we need to make into, like, a redeemable good person. The dog murderer. Why don't we have an origin story for the dog murderer?
0: She (laughs) wears, like, what? (laughs) Right? As if, uh, PETA, whatever. Oh, Like, she skins, she doesn't just skin animals. She skins puppies to wear. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, that deserves redemption for sure.
1: Like what? What like what did Maleficent really do in the in the Sleeping Beauty movie?
0: Well, did she kill like, anybody? No.
1: I don't think she um, does a murder once.
0: Mm, I mean, I would die a little bit inside too if I was like trapped in stone forever, but it could be argued no everyone was trapped in stone i think there's like some weird mandate mm. that they couldn't show on screen murder in animation i right. feel like you're more the pro at that at those facts but...
1: that, i mean they did show prince philip stab him stab her uh, in the dragon form and she falls to her death mm. and the and the wicked witch in snow white definitely gets crushed by a boulder and thrown down the cliff by the seven dwarves so i feel mm. like i feel like if it's like Something like that, it would be okay. But it was definitely very much geared more towards kids, especially back in the, well, the 30s when Snow White came out.
0: Mm -hmm. And the hysterical older women were evil and needed to be killed by boulders because all they wanted to do was suck the youth out of the junior members of their families. Which is... A very strange coincidence that they all wanted to do that,
1: or just make a
0: nice fur coat. Yeah, in this case, she just wanted to have style. I think they really, um, they speaking of style, they really leaned into uh, the fashion aspect of um, Cruella instead. Which yeah, I, I like that mm-hmm, because the fashion was cute. <laughs> See, I, I think
1: that a big thing with movies today is. Uh, hold on. Let me just grab my soapbox real quick. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, no, but I think the big thing is that, like a lot of them feel like really good ideas and really good, like written pretty well, but where they suffer mostly is that they're based off of something else. Like like the Joker for me mm. didn't. I, I thought it was fine. Like I, everybody loves that movie and raves about it, but I'm like, I think the the worst parts about it are the fact that it's a Joker DC movie and not that that's a bad thing, but it just the tone, the whole tone of it. And like, it it just, it's a very, it's very well acted. It's very well written. Um, It's just that by the end of it, it turns into a bat, another Batman origin film. And it really suffers from having to follow the rules and the, the check boxes of, uh, 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 being that like Joker DC movie, and if it were just if it was the same exact movie just not this guy turning into the Joker or turning into a clown, I think it would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. they could have really said something about um, what unchecked mental health can do to a human. Right, and instead they gave us that film.
1: Yeah, and... they
0: really did. Sorry
1: sorry i was gonna say i think i feel like it, it would be the same with cruella too right like it feels like why not just make your own version of like a devil wears prada like type of uh showing how intense the fashion industry can be and like like a, a story about this person kind of like climbing their way up it's like no we've got to base it on cruella though too so we've got to shove in some evil dog somewhere. <laughs> it's just yeah, they feel like good movies that were changed into something to fit um, uh, an already and an already established property,
0: and it mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Now that we've spent the majority talking, to <laughs> we'll build, um, well, that's the thing. Yeah, you know what? I don't know that I will ever watch. It. I thought you were gonna actually talk about Maleficent, like. Angelina Jolie films and I was like you know what you could ask you how many people she killed in those films and I couldn't tell you because even though I love Angelina Jolie I didn't see those films because they look like trash
1: yeah they're f- fine yeah. you know I I think actually the second one might be better than the first one because the first one they're trying to do Sleeping Beauty but a twist where this where Spoiler alert for 2012's Maleficent, or whenever that came out. Um, (laughs) By the end of the movie, Princess Aurora and Maleficent are, like, friends. And they're, like, cool. So it doesn't end like the, the original animated one does, where Maleficent ends up turning evil. She's good. She gets her, like, wings back and everything. So she's, like, a regular fairy again. So the sequel is, like, her finding other fairies and other people like her Mm. and kind of this war between the humans and the fairies and that kind of like coming back up so it's it it's better in the sense that it's its own thing rather than sleeping beauty again but a little different
0: i thought it was really strange that they um had her like as a fairy the whole like Mm. i've seen like you have seen clips like the whole chopping off her wings thing. I was like, oh, what? Oh, why, why is she a fairy? And then I realized she is like Meriwether and the other two. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she is a fairy. She just like decides that she's going to be bigger and more witch-like. So, yeah. That was like the one thing that I wasn't sure about. Was that they're creating like this whole world of lore. Per yeah <laughs>
1: i think that like her type of fairy is like the naturey ones
0: because
1: mm. like okay. she's got like the like the eagle wings and she's got like the horns and she uses like the thorns and thistle like as like a weapon and stuff so i think that and like the crow sidekick so i think that her whole thing is that she's like within with to with uh, like in tune with nature
0: uh
1: so okay. that's why they kind of like push it that way. And honestly, I yeah, again, I kind of like it that that like aesthetic. I wasn't a huge fan of Maleficent, but Maleficent too, I was like, okay, I can see how this is like a real movie now instead of like somebody coming up with an idea to make another sleeping beauty.
0: Hmm, okay, I guess I'll have to watch it. It's mm. the second one. Yeah. I wonder if you can watch Disney Plus stuff on fast forward. Because I, I was Ooh, such a complaint. I, mm. I I wouldn't want to watch the first one without actually or sorry, the second one without without watching the first one. But mm-hmm. maybe I can watch like a recap thing. Yeah. Because I will have had to reha- have recapped it. And that is my attempt at a clunky segue into talking about recapping. Ooh. <laughs> what if episode three?
1: Yeah, this one was.
0: So that's A weird one yeah i mean um usually we give the honors to the guest uh y- i mean we could just like whatever you're tired i'm tired i've had enough. oh to,
1: to like recap
0: yeah
1: um
0: so okay. i will yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going to say this Mm-hmm. is that the whole uh because i'm i'm just learning about it this week was that the this week's story is nick fury based mm-hmm. um and it revolves around the events of something called fury's big week which is a comic uh which was a avengers prelude,
1: prelude tie-in yeah.
0: yeah um i don't know who it was written by i think it was like four issues
1: uh, yeah, I read it together as like a, a, a as a trade.
0: Yeah. So like, was, it was all bundled. When was it released?
1: Like I think around 2012. Like I think it was like at the same time as Avengers was coming out. Because all of the events in that comic take place bef- right before the Avengers, like um it leads up right to the movie. So um Mm-hmm. Essentially what it is, is it's kind of like a comic book that can recap everything that's happened in the MCU so far that's important to go into Avengers. And mm-hmm. it's told through the point of view of Nick Fury um, as he's going and kind of uh, checking in with all of the different people that he's got on his list for the uh, uh, the Avengers initiative. So uh-huh. it takes so Iron Man two, some of the events of Incredible Hulk, and Thor, the first Thor movie, uh, all take place um, or they overlap and they're they all happen at least at some points uh, on the same week. So Iron Man two, it's when um, Iron Man is dying of Palladium, and he's got to. Um, uh, he's like partying because he thinks he's dying, and like you know when he's sitting in the big giant Randy's Donut sign, stuff like that. Um, the Incredible Hulk when um, Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk goes and visits Betty in the lab to do to like get some files on 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 like his old research and stuff like that at the lab, and then when Thor is sent to Earth for the first time in New Mexico and. There tr- trying, he's trying to pull me on there up from the ground, but at the time he wasn't worthy. So he's stuck as a mortal. Um, so all three of those like points in time in the movies all happen in the same week. So it's kind of told from Nick Fury's point of view as he's kind of going through and dealing with all of this through shield.
0: Awesome. So thank you for that brilliant recap. Mm. Uh, this time we're going to try something different okay. um, ins- instead of, oh, you already know. It's not a surprise for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> what well, we usually, what Harvey Brent and I usually do on the show is that we take our three favorite things and we discuss them together. But beforehand, meaning five minutes before I hit record, we decided to do something a little different. So we're just going to talk about the things that we really wanted, really need s- some extra light, and words. Um, So we've created a list of things we want to discuss, and we're going to start with Josh. Something that Josh had brought up, and apparently Parker is really angered by it.
1: Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's just playing with his toy, and the toy fell on my foot, so then he started smacking my foot.
0: I I heard a lot of grunting and snorting, and I was like, okay, (laughs) well, apparently he also dislikes Michael Douglas as well. So maybe just as much as Catherine Zeta-Jones. Who knows?
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, So I was actually going to say that I liked Michael Douglas in this episode. Oh. Yeah. I thought that um, he he did a really good job at playing like an evil version of himself um, and kind of playing off of the fact that um, Ant Man slash Yellow Jacket slash Hank Pym kind of has a dicey history in comics, um, and when I, like I spent the, the the time that's like especially pretty rough for him is when he is uh, known as Yellow, the hero Yellow Jacket, and um, I, I thought it was pretty clever that they took that and. Twisted it in this episode and kind of made him the villain, like a true villain. Um, Yeah, yeah. and and even the way that they kind of um, designed his his model for this episode, like they sunk his eyes in and gave him these like really dark, you know, uh, 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 bags under his eyes. His pupils were so like tiny and dilated. He's got like these wiry eyebrows and like. He really did did look like a villain, and um, I think that it's um, it was a really great medium to have it be done in animation to turn this person into a bad guy because you can really uh, push the boundaries of what they look like and. And make them evil I feel like if it was live action Where it's just you know Michael Douglas Hey what's going on And then all of a sudden he's evil Michael Douglas And he's got bags under his eyes And like they did something to give him like contacts It would look cheap But in Mm -hmm. animation I think it completely and Mm -hmm. totally
0: works Awesome Well I I I like mixed feelings about Michael Douglas Um but I do not I'm just going to jump on that Like Hank Pym hype train with you mm-hmm. But th- Sorry not but That I I kind of loved it too The first ever graphic novel That I ever wrote was Brad Metzer's um, Identity Crisis mm-hmm. So uh, it, It's like a murder mystery sort of In the vein of all of Metzer's work where he ends up killing um, the wasp
1: mm-hmm. Janet Dime. Janet that's Dime. it.
0: He kills her. And it's like we got to figure who it's like a who done it. Um, so i'm I've always been used to, like him being <laughs> him being a bit of a dick, yeah, <laughs> and I always wondered, and even even before I think he was abusive. He was yeah. maybe a little bit abusive, and yeah, he it, he like
1: smacked uh, Janet as Yellow Jacket, like he's wearing the Yellow Jacket costume and like backhands her, and it's like a pretty famous panel because of how like awfully it aged. I mean, it aged so awfully that the second it went on to you know comic stands, it was already poorly aged and in poor taste. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of notorious for being a shitty time in Hank Pym's uh, history.
0: Which he fully deserves. And (laughs) people ask, how are comics different um, than movie media? Or what can they, what can movie media do differently than (laughs) comics and vice versa? And for me, this is it. This is how you get away and maybe not get away with, but this is how you explore the stories that are a little harder to swallow Mm. of abuse and, um, like quote real world shit. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's harder to see it in a graphic novel medium, um, in comics because the writers, the artists, they all have a choice. Um, I mean, you could argue that they also have a choice to to show this kind of thing in movies and television, but the live-action nature of it, slash animated nature of it, there's something that's a little more... It's it's closer to real life. So it's it's more like... I like that it's more like a morality lesson here, mm-hmm. and it's... For some reason, there's just a stigma... Or <clears throat> Hi <laughs> Hi like, yes. sir You were saying about comics Come on up <sighs> <laughs> I mean you don't have to He's getting gun <laughs> to make Oh thank you, you Okay So listen to Auntie Jolie While she, yeah. while she hops up on her soapbox About <laughs> Uh So yeah, there's just something about comics. People expect a certain thing from comics. People don't, people expect a certain thing from animation and film. So when you show those kinds of topics, those kinds of subjects in animation and film, it's a little easier. It's a smaller pill to swallow. It's like a chewable. It's not, you know, a gigantic horse tranquilizer, but... Yeah, I mean people, and that's the thing. People are like, we want fun in comics, but here's the thing. I think that exploring hard to uh, think about, talk about subjects is fun. So, and I think that um, it makes
1: it, it it kind of makes it a little bit more serious too when you have those moments in comics that are supposed to be these like lighthearted, fun reads. If you if you have a, an issue or even like a moment where you stop the fun and you talk about something serious even adds more weight to to what is being brought up because because you're 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 there and ready for something fun but when you're hit with something real it really hits you right but mm-hmm. if you're sitting down getting ready to watch like a serious movie you're kind of in that mindset already so yeah it can sometimes hit you even harder i find in in stuff like this in 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 mediums where it's like animation or comics
0: Mm -hmm. so the darkness that you wanted to speak about was that tied into the whole michael douglas thing
1: yeah a little bit i think that um so I, i guess we didn't really even recap the whole episode but um it's it's set during um fury's big week but of course it's a what if episode so something is changed right Mm -hmm. and um i wish i would have written this down there's there's a moment where there's like a mission that black widow was supposed to go on but instead Mm -hmm. the what if is and we don't learn this to the end so like things are different in this what if episode but we don't know why they're different like things are happening um, differently from what we know in the Avengers movies then <laughs> what's currently going on which is somebody is going um, going around and killing all of the Avengers before the Avengers even form so somebody has gone through shield files and found the Avengers initiative and they're going and um, killing off everybody in the files. So the first one to, to die, I believe, is Iron Man. Um, yes. And Black Widow is framed for that because it is it is in Randy's donut shop where, uh, in if you remember in the movies in Iron Man 2, Black Widow jabs uh, uh, Tony with a syringe in his neck that uh, cures him of his uh, palladium poisoning. And in this one, uh, once he's once he's injected, um, he has a seizure and drops on the floor and dies. Um, and Black Widow is framed for it, so she's put in jail. At the same time, the events of the first Thor movie are happening, where um, Mortal Donald Blake version of Thor is in the the New uh, the New Mexico facility trying to pull up the the, the hammer and uh hawkeye is there with uh, an arrow ready to kind of like sedate him and his fingers slip and he kills thor so thor is now dead um uh so hawkeye is also arrested and in jail he like dies uh randomly so everything is kind <laughs> of like happening all weird Uh, I think it's Natasha that kind of puts it together that maybe there's something going on with the Avengers Initiative. So she goes over to um, see what's going on with Bruce Banner. Hi, thank you. To see what's going on with Bruce Banner. And because Bruce Banner is currently on the run, she goes and sees Betty Brant, who uh, is at the science facility at the time where Bruce Banner goes in to get the information from her. Um, so we even see, like, the pizza hat, that because he uses that in the Incredible Hulk movie to, like, uh, to go through securities, like, he's delivering a pizza. So we, we see that, which is great. I, I think this might be the first time they're even referencing the Incredible Hulk in the MCU, besides the Incredible Hulk movie. Um, yeah, so...
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> uh she is there when he hulks out and the military shows up and um something happens where hulk is shot with something and he starts inflating and blows up like he literally explodes um so uh he is gone and then black widow is the only avenger left at this point And she kind of figures out what's going on. And just as she contacts Nick Fury, um, she is also killed. Um, And the last thing she said is something like, it's all about hope. Which is not hope as a concept, but Hope Van Dyne. And that's where Yellow Jacket comes in. And it turns out that the what if is that, what if Nick Fury sent... Uh, Hope, Van Dyne, to um, to oh, deal with the Winter Soldier rather than Black Widow,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. we know that Black Widow survived uh, the assassination attempt on her because she dodged out of the way and the bullet went through her and she like she survived, where uh, obviously for Janet the events went differently and she died, yeah. so um, now both Janet and Hope are gone because of um, something that has to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, yeah, he kind of goes off. Hank goes crazy and starts killing everybody on the Avengers initiative because he knows that's kind of like what this whole thing has been about. Um, And the last person would be Nick Fury. So it kind of all comes to a head. And, oh, right, Loki also shows up because Thor was assassinated. So he shows up with like an asgardian army and sif and the warriors three and all that so there's like extra stakes there that nick fury's got to deal with them but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's it's especially dark i think this episode when you compare it to the first two
0: yeah which were just they were like almost like fun lighthearted what-ifs but this was almost um this was almost uh As if they were like, okay, we'll do the first two episodes like Monster of the Week. But this one will tie into the main Mm. storyline of what we want to do, which is get it a little dark, um, get it to where we want it to be. And to me, well, I mean, address the gigantic Edward Norton-shaped elephant in the room, (laughs) erase that from history by saying that this, the universe... As you know it, the like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as you know it, is but one. And now they're going to start rewriting some stories. I don't think that what if is just a what if. I think that what if might be like might come into play here, because, um, the, and this ties into what sort of the line of thinking with that I'm going along ties into something that I wanted to talk about, which is Edward Norton as Hulk, but also um just the overall repercussions of what'll what'll happen mm-hmm. um based on who's dead in this episode and who's left. So we'll start with we'll start we'll continue to go down this train of thought. Okay. So they have effectively replaced um because they used the majority of the Hulk part of this episode was all sort of the Edward Norton version of Hulk. But with mm-hmm. him replaced with Edward Banner, no, no, sorry, Mark Ruffalo. Mark <laughs> Ruffalo.
1: <laughs> that would be crazy if they did that. Just brought <laughs> we have a, into the Hulkverse.
0: Yep, um, that would be <laughs> nuts. Which, hey, apparently everyone wants to see World War Hulk. I wouldn't mind, but. Yeah, uh, they is a... kind
1: of do that with Thor Ragnarok.
0: Yeah. I think Mm. that's what kind of, like, whet the appetite of fans.
1: Uh, Imagine doing, like, another gladiator thing with Hulk in the MCU Wild.
0: Well, I mean, did you you read the World War Hulk? He's on Scar. He starts a family. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Mm. It's stupid. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I I think World War Hulk is fun, but... It it itself is almost like a what if. You know what I mean? Like it it feels very like eh happens on another world and he comes back and he's Hulk again. Yeah. He doesn't remember he's got a family.
0: No, we tried it. It was a look. And right. uh, you know <laughs> oh and that goodness. season is over. Oh <laughs> he's like, Okay, I think I'm ready to be on the ground to eat more food. I heard a snort, which I yeah. I, so he agrees with us on one thing at least. Okay, so in effectively like addressing by erasing some of the Avengers in this episode, they're addressing some of the weirdness that has happened in and around the cinematic universe mm-hmm. that they really haven't addressed before. Another one of those things being uh, the... I don't know if we want to skip right to it. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Um, the end of the episode, where they show all of them in their coffins, mm-hmm. and uh, we get, you know, Cap is an, is on ice, and he, like in the films, uh, will be reanimated. But this time, Captain Marvel is there, mm-hmm. where she wasn't there before, and I don't know... In my mind, it's weird because I feel like they never had plans for Captain Marvel until they had plans for Captain Marvel and then could not effectively shoehorn her in appropriately or explain why, explain well,
1: Mm. why she
0: wasn't part of the cinematic universe before.
1: Right. I mean, I think that she was supposed to originally be in Age of Ultron. Um, I think footage was even shot hmm. of her um, in Age of Ultron, which is, like, years before her debut in the MCU. Wow. But I think it was cut because they had different plans for her. But, yeah, there, there, there's apparently footage out there of... And it might even be... Uh, Brie Larson, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's footage out there of another MCU Carol, so that yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I, see, I think that um, I, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, there are that they don't tie this in me too anywhere, but I have a feeling that they're going to Uh i have i have a feeling that it's all culminating to a what if episode where they pluck all of the care their favorite characters from the what if episodes and make their own avengers team and i don't want that like i don't want to see i mean it would be cool but like like i I like um i like captain carter i like uh star lord t'challa who would we get from this one? Maybe, Fear. I don't know, maybe like a new version of Cap or something like that. But I don't know if I want to see all of these separate stories come together. I'd rather them just be separated on their (laughs) own because then you can Mm -hmm. tell the stories you want. It doesn't have to be a setup for the next thing. And that's kind of what's so appealing about this is that you can kill off all of the Avengers and have the like you know nobody left except for captain america and captain marvel and then never touch that story again yeah you know what i mean like
0: you can just have fun and play and allow us to like sit and spin about characters that we love and then you could just Throw it away, and mm-hmm. it can be what it is, and it doesn't have to be part of like a bigger mystery. But unfortunately, I feel like they're going to use this as a way to introduce Captain Rambo logically, and, um, f- like as Photon, because we've already we've already seen her in Wandavision, and ah, mm-hmm. uh, it just it's it, oh. it's kind of like. I thought I I th- I feel like I have had superhero f- genre movie fatigue mm-hmm. for like the last twenty years of my life. Twenty, yeah.
1: Since since the first Iron Man.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> ugh, I I go back to like like Blade. Mm-hmm. I, like for me, it's the it's i i didn't know that it started at blade but i have started it at blade after having found out that blade as a child watching blade had no idea that there were comics mm-hmm. like barb wire didn't know she was in the comics um there's all sorts of like pro- like properties that they're mining uh, for films that made like really fun films about um about a vampire about a hooker with a heart of gold um But, like, why? I I really kind of want to get back to, like, an exploration of characters, not for a a larger purpose. I just want stories, and I don't know if we're ever going to get them. I thought we were going to get them with Spider-Man, but now it seems as though we are collapsing universes altogether. Speaking. Right. (laughs) Before we go on to that Spider-Man tangent. Mm-hmm. speaking of collapsing worlds the other thing that this world presents if it is in fact going to become cinematic universe canon is the idea that because thor is dead loki is now prince of asgard because he does march in there with asgardians and you know mm-hmm. let those hosts have it so is, is that then going to be... A, like, we saw that Loki in Loki. He didn't play a big part, but he was one of the Lokis. It's assumed. Right. So... Again, can we just have... Can we just have stories that aren't leading to into another story and leading mm-hmm. into another story and leading into another gigantic trilogy... Uh, Blockbuster 10. Like, I'm going to die. You're going to die. (laughs) This has to end somewhere. And can it end with just more fun, please?
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you in the sense that, like, I don't know. I don't mind the MCU movies doing their thing and building up to these big events. Because that's kind of... I think that's kind of the appeal of those movies, is that that it feels like a big universe, right? So I think for for those they they totally fit because I'm not I'm not watching Ant Man because I want a dark story that's serious, you know what I mean? I, I want to see this dude dressed up as an ant like goofing around, uh, and and I think that so far those types of movies do a great job of doing that, like the end of Ant Man the world is not going to end. You know what I mean? It's just about those two characters, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but then they can grab Paul Rudd and be like, hey, listen, you got to join the Avengers real quick. And it's fun. You know, it, it's it's this big world building thing. But with something like this, it feels like, um, well, to me, the appeal of it is that you can do these absolutely wild stories with these characters that we're all familiar with. And, Uh, make whatever type of story you want. The first one is like a war romance type of film, right? With Peggy and Steve and, you know, Mm -hmm. going through that. The second one is like a heist movie with the Guardians and T'Challa. It's super fun. And then this one is like almost like a dark crime thriller type of like agent ish thing like where where it's like honestly like i know it's like Fury is more of the main character but i think that i had more fun following black widow because she's actually doing all of like the espionage stuff right like she's the one going through and finding all of the different avengers and going through the files and like figure the one that figures everything out at the end of the day so and honestly this might be the best we have got of black widow like this might be the best Black Widow story we've gotten.
0: And it's not even voiced <laughs> by Scarlett Johansson.
1: Right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, that's that's the appeal, right? Is is that you can go in and tell these one-off stories that uh, don't have any consequence to anything else. And it, it could be its own thing, and you don't have the pressure of fitting it into the MCU. So if this is all leading up to a what-if, all of the what-ifs, Combined, maybe maybe you can say that that is its own thing and <laughs> the other stories are like other branches of the what-if. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think it might cheapen it if it ends up being this big universe type thing.
0: Agreed. Speaking of one big universe, yeah. mm-hmm. Spider-Man.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> I I've been saying this for years now is they should bring back these two Spider-Man and i mean bringing back every single villain too is just wild on top of that it feels like i don't know how they're gonna fit this into one movie
0: no oh, i don't know either. this is I gonna hope
1: it's... it's gonna be like avengers endgame like the movie like it's gonna be wild
0: yeah it better sense. be three hours with yeah. an intermission lord of the rings length extended cut like i can't even oh and sorry um there are there have been some complaints about um oh why can't this just be a standalone spider-man film much like we've said or much like what was mentioned earlier that's what kind of made me think of it Mm -hmm. um like why can't we just have a spider-man film one person said this that i saw before i shut off facebook and was like i hate I hate this glorious wasteland of internet real estate um just uh, why can't we just have a spider-man story that doesn't involve or cross over with anybody um it was fine and then tony stark horned in and then it tony stark died and spoiler alert um just in case you've been living under a rock and not watching any films, yeah, and for I some can't reason, see anybody
1: watching What If and not seeing the Avengers. <laughs>
0: listening jokes, but... <laughs> to our podcast, and just not being totally immersed. Um, so, <laughs> um, now that he's dead, it's like, oh, now they're gonna just like get him to walk right into like, you know, 21B Baker Street where freaking Doctor Strange is. So, mm. um. Like, why does he have to cross his path? It's like, why does anyone have to cross Dr. Strange's path? Okay? Just those long, brilliant fingers Mm -hmm. and magic. Like,
1: I'm kind of hoping that um, they can maybe with this movie is establish that that there are multiple different versions of Spider-Man. Tom Holland can go to Disney, and then Sony can keep making their shitty movies. and. Do their own thing with spider-man at the same time i think that would be the best course because i get it (laughs) i get it but but this is not the same version of spider-man that you read in the comics this is not the same version of spider-man that are in the same raimi movies or the mark webb movies this is a different spider-man it's just like just like Loki there's there's tons of different Loki variants this is just a variant of Spider-Man like this is the MC this is this universe's version of it so uh take it or leave it this is what what it is and I'm here for it like this is the only time that they're ever going to be able to do a a Spider-Verse movie like this because soon these actors aren't going to be able to come back or they're going to be too old or whatever the case may be like I just found out, I didn't realize Mar- Alfred Molina is almost seventy. We just had this conversation the other day. I'm like, that's crazy. He's like sixty eight or something like that. I'm like, I had no idea. Tobey
0: Maguire, almost fifty.
1: Rue, yeah, yeah. Looking so, good though.
0: Looking good. Um, I mean, yeah, even Alfred, Alfred Molina, Molina
1: is looking great. I was like, there's no way that guy is almost seventy. He looks fantastic.
0: Yeah, let's let's check it out and see. Yep. Definitely 68. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, so I think it was Becca who said that they're de aging Alfred Molina for Doc Ock. I was like, oh, why would they even need to do that?
0: Yeah. She's like,
1: well, he's 70. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) I'm going to look up Alfred Molina 2021 and see what he looks like.
0: (laughs) He looks great. Why do they need to de age him? they actually yeah they they don't um i think british faces might be like asian faces where like once they hit a certain time Mm. uh, a a certain age they melt faster but he looks awesome like he looks great yeah i (sighs) maybe
1: maybe they're trying to say that it's set at this at the spider-man 2 time like right after spider-man 2 or something like that but so maybe this is Alfred Molina from two thousand and four or whenever that movie came out,
0: two thousand four or something like that. Yeah, and are five. they? Did they ever eventually get to Hobgoblin, or did we only just see? We saw a shitty version of
1: Hobgoblin with <laughs> okay. uh, uh,
0: uh, Franco.
1: Yeah, James Franco. He's just in like ski gear. Oh, and he's got okay. like a surfboard.
0: Okay, so I'm going to assume that the Pumpkin and the Chuckle are Willem Dafoe. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a Willem Dafoe chuckle.
0: Okay. Yeah. Chuckle. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for whatever is happening. Um, yeah. It's Spider- yeah, Spider-Man is going to have his day in the sun. When will Superman have his day in the sun? Sorry, I just... <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm still...
1: I, I'm. I really want to check out uh, Superman and Lois.
0: Oh, oh, did I tell you real good? Yeah. Did do you know what? Technically, if it, if they had pumped it up and talked about it a little bit more, I feel like this would be today's best option for Superman. Um, I watched the Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman as a child, and then that was okay, but it was very white mm. white nineties television mm. it wasn't great um well, I mean, watching it back it was it's not great, it was right. the best thing ever when I was like young um so let's see, oh, and then smallville, smallville was mm. wonderful too, but it like it also wasn't. It also did things that weren't uh, like the complete Superman package for me.
1: Right. Yeah, he wasn't like donning the tights. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In Superman and Lois though, mm-hmm. now that we've gone completely off the train tracks, mm-hmm. um in Superman and Lois, they use the same house they use in Smallville.
1: And oh, really,
0: they yes, yes, oh, yes. Cool or either either that or in the films there's like a there's like a um a continuity thing with the house right. that is awesome um the actor who plays clark in the cw universe of characters plays clark in the in the, mm. in the show
1: right
0: same actress who plays lois uh they bring back uh a woman named Emmanuel Shriki from my early two thousands uh, teen film fantasies. She was like in this movie called On the Line with Lance Bass from NSYNC. Um,
1: <laughs> so uh, you know it was good.
0: It was amazing. I mean, they fall in love. What? What's not to love? What's not to like? <laughs> That's exactly what those studio heads thought. Um it was terrible. She comes back as Lana. She is in this film as Lana. Um she like most actresses who you resuscitate from the late 90s early 2000s is a little bit puffy and probably mm. a little bit too old. But whatever. It, the the Hollywood sandbox is the Hollywood sandbox. Right. <laughs> everyone can live here
1: um i'll have to check it out then because i I've, yeah. I've heard really good things of it the clips that i've saw too uh, they're they're great mm-hmm. like i saw one of uh superman like saving a kid um mm-hmm. and he like lifts up a green car like off the the first cover mm-hmm. it, it looks yeah it looks really fun and it looks like this Superman is having fun, and he's like happy, and he's not like brooding in the, you know, on on a yeah. gargoyle like Batman.
0: This is the, the I will say the one thing that is probably not a spoiler at this point, but is that it. it this is the Superman you would get if he, what after him and Lois are married and have children. Um, mm-hmm. this is sorry. This is a Superman you're getting. So any purists who think that he shouldn't have children need not watch. But you're right. Superman is having fun. Superman is the type of Superman that I think like, he should be. Superman. Mm-hmm. He, he is that wholesome character. That exchange that you were talking about with the little boy, I like. My heart melted. I cried a little bit. It was exactly what I. It was exactly the Superman that I didn't need. Know that I needed to see because mm-hmm. I thought that henry cavill was enough and in most universes henry cavill is <laughs> is quite enough but in in tv land he's not yeah <laughs> this is my this is the superman that the world has been waiting for and unfortunately no one is watching but anyway
1: mm, i'll have to I'd take address. a look then you should yeah mm-hmm. okay
0: just bundle up that cute little ball of joy get cozy on the couch and
1: <sighs> yeah maybe if i can try he's maybe. he's got lots of energy today because he knows we're going to grandma's house
0: whoa yeah
1: means
0: gifts and sugar mm-hmm. so if you have any thoughts on this week's episode of what if or hey next week's episode because i think we're getting a doctor strange
1: yeah i'm not sure what next week is probably yeah that would make sense i think there's I don't know how many episodes. There's nine episodes,
0: I think, this season. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you think Josh's assessment of they're going to pluck a character from each episode and create a new universe mm-hmm. for us is correct, because I tend to think it is, then you can let us know. Uh, send us an email at fullvolumepod at gmail.com, or you can follow us online by finding the comic book syndicate um on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever there are socials except for Tumblr, despite Becca's Rip. wishes. Um, <laughs> we're not there. She, she,
1: she needs to just like start like an underground comic syndicate Tumblr page. I would mean,
0: Yeah, um, she, she's busy with other fanfics. Yeah. But but it would be a treat we could we could share actual sh- like ships and stands. Um, let's see what else. Uh, do you want if you disagree with us because we you love to do that, <laughs> you can. You can do that in the comment section below if you happen to be watching the video version of this podcast. If you're listening, uh, you can listen to this one and all of our previous episodes and all the episodes to come because there are way more episodes in the Marvel Plus Disney universe that will be coming out. And as long as they release them, we'll be talking about them uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Amazon, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, we will be there. Just search Full Volume Podcast or the Comic Book Syndicate Network. I would like to thank Joshua Mervell and Peter Parker (laughs) Murr for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. Yeah,
1: of course. Anytime. Honestly, I love doing this podcast.
0: Yeah, I feel like had our um, had this been a little more coffee, caffeine injected, we would have gone on way more tangents. So you're fortunate today, folks.
1: (laughs) I mean, we went on pretty two pretty big tangents today. Like we started and ended it with like tangents.
0: It's true, but they're like all adjacent, like Disney or superhero adjacent. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine yeah. hey it's not not as bad as we usually um, that's
1: true. i'm here for the tangents though mm-hmm. that's that's so fun yeah
0: once joshua marvell is caught up on big brother we will start with big brother discussions
1: i yeah i would definitely love to do that i actually just started watching again last night so
0: excellent yeah um so i'd like to so thank you of course come yeah come back anytime um we should return. We should be returning with next week's episode four with Harvey Brent. But until next time, keep it loud.
1: Keep it full volume. <laughs> Do we want to run that one again or that's good?
0: Until next time. <laughs> until next time, keep it
1: loud. Keep it full volume.
0: Bye.